If we go away with just that this morning, that's enough. Just to know that no matter what, and no matter how we feel, no matter what, he's there. He's there. I was like Jonah looking for a whale last night. Could I escape Nineveh? But I know that the Lord has given me a, uh, a word to say, and I just pray that he will do the speaking this morning. I want to take you on a little journey. And I want you to open your Bibles to Luke 24. And we're going to read a verse 13 and 14. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. I want you to get that picture in your mind. Two of them were traveling on that same day to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together. Seven miles is a long trek. Takes a while to walk seven miles. And they were talking about all the things that had happened. Well, just wait a minute. What are those things that happened? Let me just briefly go over what happened. It's Friday. Jesus was crucified. He was laid in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, who had become a disciple. Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, Mary the mother of James, and a group of women... They witnessed the crucifixion. They witnessed the placement of Jesus' body in the tomb. They witnessed the sealing of the tomb and the setting of a Roman guard to keep watch. They saw all of this. That's what happened. It's Saturday. They all went home and rested. Can you imagine the emotion that Saturday held? It's Sunday. And early in the morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and other women went to the tomb. They'd brought spices to anoint his body. When they arrived... The stone had been rolled away. Wow. The stone had been rolled away. 
And these women then were met by two angels in, it says, shining garments. And I've tried to harmonize all the Gospels because you get bits and pieces from each, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I've tried to harmonize them. They were met by two angels. One was sitting on top of the stone. The other was inside the tomb. And the angel said, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he said to you. So what did these women do? They ran. They ran. Back to the disciples. They said, it says they spoke to no one on the way. They were full of fear and trembling. I guess so. They were amazed. They had great joy. There were so many emotions going on in these women. All at once, as they ran, they spoke to nobody. And they told the eleven and all those with him that the tomb was empty. Well, Peter and John took off running themselves. And if you read John's gospel, it, he makes, makes it sure that you understand that he beat Peter to the tomb. So they went running, huffing and puffing. John comes first. Well, what did Peter do? He came huffing and puffing behind him, but he went straight into the tomb. Yep, she's right. The tomb is empty. Well, they confirmed that. But they did not understand. They didn't understand. The tomb was empty, but what did that mean? Where was he? It says that although they confirmed it, they didn't understand. And it says that they went away then to their own homes. They left. They left. But Mary stayed. Mary stayed outside the tomb weeping. Can you imagine the emotion that Mary was going through? Her Savior had been crucified. Now he's missing. Where is he? They didn't understand. She said, it says that while she was weeping, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw the two angels again. This is the second time now. This was with Peter and John and Mary. They'd left. She stooped down and looked and there were the angels again. One was standing at the head of where Jesus laid and one at the feet. And at that point, outside the tomb, Jesus appeared. She saw him with her eyes, but she thought he was a gardener. She saw him, but she didn't see him. 
He asked her, why, why are you weeping? He says, well, I don't know where they've taken my master. I don't know where they've taken him. Then he spoke, Mary. And she saw. It was when Jesus spoke her name, spoke to her, spoke, that she saw. He says, don't touch me. Don't, 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 don't touch me. I have, haven't descended to my father yet. Don't touch me. But go and tell the rest of them. Go and tell the rest of them. So again, Mary takes off, panting down the road to the disciples and all that were with him. It wasn't just the 11. It was a whole bunch of them. Went and found them. And it tells us in Mark's gospel Chapter 16, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, first appearing. She went and told those who had been with him, who mourned and wept, the wider group of disciples. And when they, had, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Mary's first report was, the tomb's empty. The tomb is empty. Peter and John ran down there to confirm, yep, she's right. Tomb's empty. But we don't know what it means. Let's go home. Mary stays. And she's the one that saw. First appearing. Now, I do believe in the middle of those two reports to the disciples, these two men decide, you know what? We're done. We're going to take off to Emmaus. And away they went. That's where the story picks up. Now, look in your Bibles in Luke 24. We're going to read that again. <coughs> now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village of Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. They were going over it. These two were devastated. They were downhearted. They were disillusioned. Their foundations had been shaken and they were set adrift by the tumultuous sea of events that had just happened. They decided that they were going to pull away and set themselves apart from the body of believers in Jerusalem. And they were going to go home to their old life. Back to Emmaus. And they were on their way. These two disciples. Walking along. Seven miles is almost from here to Antrim. That's the state they're in. They'd heard the first women's report that Jesus wasn't in the tomb, but they couldn't make any sense of this. They had believed that Jesus was, was the one. 
But what now? He's dead. He's gone. Who knows who the, who's stolen the body? They were sad. They were sad. They were shattered. They were stuck in unbelief. It says they didn't believe. But then, aren't you glad there's but thens and but gods that happen? Verse 15, look at verse 15. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. Jesus himself drew near. I want you to notice, I'm going to make emphasis on all the things that Jesus did on this walk to Emmaus. Number one, he drew near to these two men who were shattered, who were broken, who had their dreams shattered. They were despondent. They were disillusioned. They were everything, all wrapped up in one bundle. Yet, there was a glimmer because if they'd given up completely, why were they talking about it? There was something left, and Jesus knew it. So he drew near to them. Jesus himself drew near, near and what did he do, with, do? He went with them. So Jesus picked up and walked along with them. Hmm, where'd that guy come from? He's there with them. And he says, to them, what's this conversation you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Read it in your scriptures. It's right there. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him and said, For goodness sake, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem? The, the for goodness sake isn't there. Isn't there? Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened these past few days? And Jesus said, what things? What? Well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned and they crucified him. They crucified him. They crucified him. We had hoped. We, we had hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel. But it's the third day since all these th things have happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you know what else happened? Some women in our company, they amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that they'd even seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Mm. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, who ran. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb. They found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. And Jesus said, 
Oh, foolish ones. Slow of heart. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets on their walk, three of them now, walking seven miles, he began interpreting to them. First he drew near. Secondly, he went with them. Then he started interpreting to these two men who desperately needed the scriptures concerning himself. So, seven miles of that. Who knows what went on in that conversation, but he explained it all. And they came to the outskirts of Emmaus. And they said, you know what? We're going to get a room. It is. I'm tired. It's dark. It's night. And Jesus asked, as, acted as if he was just going to walk them by. Right. See us later. It was nice meeting you. Nice chatting. Bye-bye. But no, what it says that these two men did was they urgently, strongly, they compelled him. They, they asked him. They constrained him, saying, no, 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 no. Don't go on. Stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with us, please. It's night. The day's been long. So he went in. This was more than an invitation. This was a compelling, a constraining. It says that they strongly urged him to stay. So he went in and stayed. And I'm sure that this fellowship continued as they settled in. And it came time to eat. And they sat at the table together. Now watch, this is what he did. <coughs> he took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to them. The next verse says that his eyes, their eyes were And they recognized him. They'd been with him for seven miles. Their eyes had seen lots of him. But after they heard the word of the scriptures, after they'd spent time with Jesus, that seven miles, after they'd, they'd invited him in, they The moment that they got revelation that this was Jesus Christ, he has risen, he vanishes. He's gone. And they're sitting at the table by themselves, like looking at each other like, what happened? Where is he? He's away. And they said to each other, they said to each other now, did our hearts, 
did our hearts not burn within us as he talked to us on the road? Did our hearts not burn when he opened the scriptures to us? Wasn't there something, something, something that he was imparting to us on that road? Our hearts burned. Once they were able to see him with their hearts, they didn't need Jesus' physical presence anymore. You see, Jesus had other people to see and places to go. And it says in Acts chapter 1 that he spent 40 days appearing to this one and to that one and to the other one. These men were the second appearing. Mary was first. These were the second. He chose those two men that were in such a sorry state to go and spend time with him. Well, you know what happened after that? He vanishes. They got over the, the shock of him going. And instead of sleeping that night, who could sleep after that? They get up. They get, cash in their keys to their room. They take off back to Jerusalem in the middle of the night seven miles, back to Jerusalem. They found the disciples and told them what had happened. Verses 33 to 35. They rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. This was the middle of the night. They found the 11, those who were with, him, with them gathered and said, the Lord has risen indeed. They have told and they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Verses 36. And as they were telling all these disciples these things, who shows up? Jesus himself stood amongst them. And he said, peace, peace, peace to you. But they were startled, the bunch of them. They were startled. They were afraid. They were frightened. They thought they'd seen a spirit. And he, he said, why, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Remember these, these disciples, it said right at the very beginning, they did not believe. Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look, look. See my hands? See my feet? Does a spirit have bones and flesh like I do? Come, feel me. Show them. And it says now in verse 41, and while they, they still disbelieved, they had Jesus right in front of them. And they still disbelieved. Doubts arose in their hearts. They still disbelieved. There was joy and they were marveling, but they still had unbelief. They still had that cling and that stronghold of unbelief in them. And you know what Jesus said? He says, all right. He said, has anybody got anything to eat in here? Well, they hoped through the kitchen looking for something. They found some fish and they broiled it up. 
and they gave Jesus some fish, and he ate it, proving to them that he was real. He could eat. Then he said, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. I've spoken these words to you before. Everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. They'd heard that word before many times. I must confess, I put my hand up and be the first one to confess that sometimes I will read something in the scriptures and I just don't get it. How many of you are with me? <coughs> You've heard these words before. So we won't be too hard on these disciples. Verses 45 to 48 said, He then opened their minds the scriptures and said to them thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem you 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 are witnesses of these things he said oh and I'm I'm sending a promise, my Father, upon you. I'm sending a promise. Stay. Stay in the city. And wait for the promise. Until you're endued with power, stay in the city and wait for my promise. That chapter finishes off with the ascension. In between then and the ascension, Jesus appeared for 40 days at his will. To this one, to that one, giving many proofs that he had risen. He was who he said he was. Affirming the scriptures he'd already told them while he was living before the crucifixion. He did it for so many. Thank you, Lord, because I'm in that batch that needed to hear it a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth time. How about you? Isn't he merciful? Isn't he merciful? Let's look at what effect this had on the disciples. He led them out of Bethany. He lifted up their hands. He blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted and was carried up into heaven. And this is what they did. They worshipped. Can you imagine the worship? They worshipped. And they returned into Jerusalem with joy. Instead of being shattered, instead of being disillusioned, instead of being hopeless, they now were filled with great joy. And they were in the temple continually praising and blessing God. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize this now. We're almost at the end. <coughs> Think about these two disciples. 
Do we ever struggle with sadness and shattered hopes? Are we ever stuck? Do you ever feel stuck in unbelief? Do we have a promise that we're still waiting on an answer for? Do we ever find ourselves on a road to Emmaus? Almost giving up and going home. Going back to what life used to be. Been there. All of the above. What opened those disciples' eyes to see? There was a divine impartation of the word. There was a divine impartation of the word. Same word he'd spoken before many times, but this time they heard him speak. Have you ever experienced just a single word from God? You know that God has said it. And doesn't that give you faith to be able to say, no, I've, I heard this and so. One rhema, one living word from God. <coughs> and you just not see with a physical eye, you see. That's what happened. Hearing that word again, and really hearing it, not just with the ear, but hearing that word, it imparted faith. And what happened to those men on that road was their hearts began to burn. Have you ever experienced that burn? I have. I've experienced a burn, a burn inside. And God's speaking something to me. That burn, that witness How would they hear that word unless they'd spent that seven miles with him? <laughs> How would they have heard that word unless they'd almost forced him to stay with them? It wasn't just an invitation. Oh, you know, it's not just an invitation. I give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Andy an invitation here to, to a dinner party, right? So this is this is no last Diane too, will we? We'll take them both going to give you an invitation. Now, if it doesn't suit you, that's fine. You don't have to come. It's all right. But it's, an it's your invitation to come if you want to. Take it or leave it. It wasn't that kind of an invitation. It was, you must stay with us. No, no, no. Don't go on. Don't go on. You are coming, Andy, to this dinner party. You're coming. <laughs> You're coming with me. Come in. Spend time with me. Tell me more. I want more. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Can you take him or can you just leave him? It wasn't an invitation. That's how we've got to get. Okay, so under the subtitle, answer. Who wants an answer to all of this? Yeah? Okay, here we go. First answer is, draw near. 
seek until you hear him speak. Draw near and hear. Seek until you hear him speak. It's in this communion with Jesus that we see with spiritual eyes. Because he's going to reveal himself to you in that place. It's not going to be a mental knowing. said that Jesus opened their minds to understand. Yes, we have minds. And yes, we need minds. But we need spiritual revelation of those facts. Right? Mary, let's go back to the tomb. And she was weeping and looking in. And this man appeared where he thought it was, he was the gardener. Well, Mary saw with her eyes a gardener. It wasn't until he spoke, Mary, that she saw. Those two on the road to Emmaus, they saw a visitor that had just joined their walk until he spoke and he broke the bread and he fellowshiped with them and he re was revealed in that place of communion and of drawing near. So that's first, draw near. Can we just go over what Jesus did for these men? And you know what? What he did for those men, he will do for you and he'll do for me. Over and over and over again, Jesus drew near. We're promised that if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Do I promise he will do it? Sometimes, though, it takes a compelling. It means it's not just an invitation, Jesus, come into my prayer time. It means, Jesus, you've got to come. If I don't hear from you, I'm sunk, so I need you here, and I'm staying here until I hear from you. I've done that many a time. In the middle of cancer, sat on the side of a river in my car, and I didn't care if I had to stay there all night. I said, God, I'm staying here till I hear you. And if I don't hear you tonight, I'll hear you tomorrow. But I'm staying. It's that kind of a thing. It's not just an invitation to take or leave. And when Jesus sees that, when he sees that kind of determination in you, you know what? He sure shows up. He sure shows up. How many of us want to hear him, want to see him, want to know him? Jesus drew near to them. He went with them. He walked with them. He was on the road to Emmaus with them. He's going, he's going too. You're going back home. I'm going with you. Don't think you can get away from the Lord. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in, he's there with you, walking that same path with you. Are you in sickness today? Well, he's walking that path with you too. Compassionate. And he has an answer. But he's there in the midst of it. Have you lost your job recently? Well, he's with you in that too. He's walking that road with you and with you and with you. Whatever you face, you're having difficulties at school, you've been picked on, well, he's walking that road with you. He's there. He's there walking that road. 
It says he interpreted the scriptures to them. You know what? They read the scriptures. They knew the scriptures with their minds, but he interpreted it. He told them. He, he expressed it in such a way that they, it was revealed to them. He acted as if he was going to go further, but they respond, responded with constraining him to stay. And so he went in and he stayed with them. He opened their eyes. He opened their eyes. Number two, verses. Draw near, seek, till you hear him speak. Second one is seek after a pure heart. See, these disciples, they were troubled deeply with unbelief in their hearts. They just could not seem to get over that unbelieving thing that they had. They couldn't jump that hurdle. So the second thing is seek a pure heart. Seek a pure heart. And when you seek a pure heart, God sees that. And he takes us and he washes us clean of all that which hinders us from receiving from him. Wash me clean, Lord. By your word, wash me. Wash me. Wash me. Take all those hindrances away that I can see in you. And more, and more, and more. Why do we want to seek a pure heart? Well, because a pure heart sees God. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. David prayed in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create, Lord, Lord, I have this trouble in my heart. And the trouble, I'm not even sure what the trouble is, but I know there's trouble in there. And Lord, I'm praying that you will give to me, create in me, create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Ask him to do it. He does it by his spirit. Don't cast me away from your presence and don't, don't, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me, uphold me with your willing spirit. Two things. Draw near and seek a pure heart that we can see God. Really see, not just physically see, but see. The result of all this is that our sadness, our troubles, our struggles will be turned into joy. J-O-Y, joy. Joy. Joy and revelation. Your heart will burn. You're going to be clicking your heels. And running races for God. That joy of your salvation will return. So let's make this our prayer. Let's draw near with a pure heart. Having our eyes opened. Our hearts burning <coughs> with faith and revelation. 
and let's see our joy restored. Amen.